So my mother never liked any of the girls that I used to bring home. You know, this one was too tall, that one was too short, this one was too skinny, this one was too large, this one was too big, this one was too small, this one talked too loud, this one was too quiet. I could never bring home a girl that would please my mother. Finally, one day, I found a girl who was just like my mother. She looked like her, she talked like her, they were the same height, they came from the same place, they had the same accent, same background, same upbringing, same family values, everything that my mother could possibly like in a girl. And what was wrong with her? My father hated her. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to another edition, a post-All-Star Break edition, our first post-All-Star Break edition of TBL News The Pod, or as we like to call it, TBL News The Video Pod, if you're watching us over there on tbltv.tv or YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, etc., and all of the like. We welcome you in as we get set for the second half of the season. And what better way to do that than to sit down with all of our best friend, Mr. Brad Smith, who covers the Glass City Wranglers for us. Brad, uh, you know, so often podcasters like to dive in and talk about themselves and talk about one another, ask each other questions about their lives. We're going to skip that part, aren't we? Because we're all business here on TBL yes, News, the pod, <laughs> TBL News, the video pod. You watch the All-Star Game. Your boy, Darrington, our boy. We had him on last week. It was such a pleasure. We're big fans. Ice Darrington here. Didn't exactly go as planned or as many had thought that it would go. Talk to me a little bit about what you saw from... Uh, Mr. Darrington there at the All-Star Game. Well, Darrington, as we've talked about it on these podcasts before and in the articles, he's had an excellent start to the season. Fantastic, that front runner for the MVP award and was selected to the All-Star Game, rightfully so, also in the three-point contest. And it just didn't go his way uh, these last couple of days. Three-point contest struggled mightily and that showed in the All-Star Game. Shot just two of nine from downtown, only had nine points in the All-Star game in 20 minutes, along with three rebounds and two assists. Not a great showing from Darrington. And, you know, his team did get the win. And that's what you heard from him last week on TBL News, the pod, that he wants to put his team first above everything else. Those accolades, they can follow, but the team success is the most important for Darrington. And, you know, we saw in the win for team grant a demolition of team blake mm -hmm. i mean kentucky's cameron mitchell went off wichita's terrell brown the mvp 23.6 rebounds four assists and then i also want to mention potawatomi's deshaun monson six points nine rebounds love i i love to see someone crash the glass in the all-star game typically mm -hmm. in the nba all-star game we don't see a lot of defense so whenever you see someone you know getting those swats and the steals in the game it's fun to watch and seeing Munson almost grab 10 rebounds as a six foot two cent point guard. Yeah. That made me pretty happy to see. But as for Darrington, wasn't the greatest game from him, but you know, excited to see what he's going to do for the second half of the season. So I was fortunate enough to go to the game. I, I met our friend, Jack Morgan at the game. Uh, he was just, it happened to be in the neighborhood. So we went to the game together. And would you believe it? I've been working with TBL for five years now. This is my first TBL game in person. 
Uh, so it, it happened to be a really good one. Yeah, you mentioned it was a bit of a blowout, but that's kind of the way All-Star games tend to go. You know, at least when you watch the NBA All-Star game, very often you'll have a team up by 30 going into the fourth, and that's when they decide to play and it becomes a game. Uh, this one uh, was definitely a little bit one-sided. Uh, that said, I'll just let the audience know that seeing these guys in person really is something. Everybody's taller than they seem uh, on the live stream on TBL TV. Everyone is faster and stronger. I'll tell you, Hawthorne is fast. <laughs> Hawthorne <laughs> is really explosive. Um, a bunch of guys really, really impressed me. As you mentioned, Dar- Dar- Darrington struggled, and it's not too surprising that he struggled from downtown in the game, seeing as he also struggled in the three-point contest. Look, my my takeaway from Darrington's game was there wasn't that much at stake. You know, we've nicknamed him Ice Darrington, and when we spoke to him last week, he talked about the killer instinct, or I should say, I noted in him that he had that killer instinct, and, and he time and again reaffirmed that uh, he indeed has the killer instinct. Um, t- tough to get those juices flowing in a game that doesn't really matter. Any, any concerns from you, though? Like, do you think this is the sort of thing, like when a guy has a bad performance um, at uh, in a home run derby, how maybe that might mm-hmm. uh, provide some pause for anybody looking forward to his second half? Any concerns coming out of this about, about our boy Ice Darrington? Personally, I don't have any concerns about Darrington. Remember the first podcast that we recorded, we were – very concerned about his two outings against Kokomo when he struggled, when he was shut down by Hawthorne. And then the next two games drops a 47 point performance has the game winner against Kalamazoo and then takes a day off and they beat West Virginia just two days later. So I don't have any concerns with Darrington moving forward. We've seen this before. We questioned if he was an inefficient scorer that gets a lot of points from the free throw line. It's obviously not true. Averaging 32 points per game second most of the TBL, and he's getting that at all three levels. Mm -hmm. So I still have faith that he's going to be able to do well. And just just my opinion, I think he didn't do too well because Anthony Carmen, the biggest all-star snub, was not in the game. (laughs) More importantly, was not on his team. Sure. You can't rule out the emotional effects of not having your boy with you. And as as, as he talked about when he joined us last week on the pod – he has a great deal of communication mm-hmm. with his teammates, Carmen, Heath, uh, the, the rest of the Wranglers um, really do a fine job of speaking their minds to one another in a way that's very comfortable. It's a very bilateral communication that they have. And not having that, yeah, it could get you just a little bit off your game. He also had, remember, he coming off a little bit of extra rest. He, he had rested uh, that one game that nonetheless came down to the wire for your Wranglers anyway. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of an off weekend for him. I, I agree with you, Brad. I'm, I'm not too concerned. We've kind of been here before. He, he can yeah. suffer some down periods. He's a high-volume scorer. Um, I, I do think from, from being there in person, my read on it was the intensity wasn't there. The magnitude of the moment didn't exist. The guys were there. They were having fun. I saw Deshaun Munson before the game. I asked him his thoughts uh, about his approach. He said, I'm just going to get my teammates involved. It was a very relaxed atmosphere. Now, I do want to also note that there were some guys who seemed like they wanted to show up and show out. Uh, Maybe they don't get talked about as much on this show. As you mentioned, Cam Mitchell was the high scorer. 
the guy just <laughs> the guy knows how to score. Uh, he went for twenty six and seven. Uh, Terrell Brown, the MVP, had twenty three and six. Um, and then uh, from my eyes, I thought Vance Hall was making a run at MVP. He wound up with 21. I think he, a lot of those were scored in the first half. He was electric in that first half. He absolutely could not miss. He had a couple of heat checks that uh, made the crowd raise their eyebrows, but they went in. So heat checked. Um, and, and again, Hawthorne, Hawthorne just looks really good in person. He's <laughs> That guy's a good player. So mm-hmm. let's... Uh, Take that as our baton with which to begin the race uh, towards the playoffs as we now look towards the second half of this season for your Wranglers. I mentioned Hawthorne. There's going to be a Wranglers-Bobcats matchup this weekend, but there's a game first that the Wranglers must at least try and win. Uh, And you don't think it's going to be as easy as the records might connote. Talk to me a little bit about this Flint-Glass City matchup coming up. You're right. So this week, Glossity will have two games, Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be a back-to-back. And their first game is on April 15th. They're going to play the Flint United. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, Glossity is 9-3. and three. They're second in the upper Midwest. Flint is 3-8, and eight, fifth in the upper Midwest. And Flint is kind of on a hot streak. They've won two of their last three games. So they're kind of getting in that groove now. But the big thing I want to focus on with this game is going to be the two superstars playing against one another. Darrington, who we obviously all know and love, but Michael Bruce, Flint's small forward, he is not getting nearly enough recognition for what he's done this season for the United. This season in 12 games, averaging 26.5 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, 2.5 assists per game, two steals per game on 49% from the field and 46% from downtown. Michael Bruce has been a fantastic scorer. There's an editorial up on tblnews.co about him. Just who wrote, who wrote that editorial? So some guy with with a very familiar sounding name. Who wrote that story, Brad? Um, I think it's a guy named Brad. He's a, a guy good named Brad. We'll have to get right, I'll, I'll, I'll Google it. I'll Google guy named Brad article on who I like to call Michael the Bruce for all you Braveheart fans out there. So <laughs> I, I know I did interrupt, but I didn't mean to. But I still did. Brad, continue. Talk to us about this Bruce Darrington matchup a little bit more. Yeah, I mean he's a very high volume score much like Darrington both Bruce and Darrington take a high amount of attempts at all three levels of the floor each game and just shooting 40 percent above 45 percent for that matter from the field and from downtown that's impressive in its own right and he's been the main engine in this Flint United team sure they have guys like Tyree Keyes Keenan Coleman who is one of the most underrated players in the TBL, had that excellent dunk in week two that we all know and love, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then Cameron Carpenter as well. But the reason why Flint's doing so poorly is it's it's just a rebounding, which I think is going to be really interesting about this game. Both teams struggle with crashing the glass, so it's kind of like, you know, who's going to really step up when it matters most because Flint's leading rebounder is Michael Bruce. He's a six, three small forward at 187 pounds and glass city. You know, they have Santiago leading the team in rebounds right now, but I mean, Flint's averaging 49 rebounds per game, 13 rebound offensive rebounds per game and 30 defensive rebounds per game. That's not, that's not much better than glass city. And I think that's going to be really important to decide who wins this game. It's an interesting thing. It, it's a game of of two 
teams' weaknesses matching up with once another, well, against one another, and which weaknesses going to be weaker, right? Mm-hmm. Neither team hits the boards really well. They both have the two stars. Um, look, if if Darrington just happens to be in a slump right now, they there could be some trouble brewing for Glass City, and it's not a game they can lose because is it the very next night? Brad, that they got to yeah, play Yeah, very next night. Yeah, Saturday night, they take on Flint, and then they're back in action on Sunday against Kokomo back in Owens Community College. So Hawthorne did his thing at the All-Star. Um, you know, when I spoke to uh, Chris Lowry a few weeks ago, Chris Lowry, the voice of the Kokomo Bobcats, uh, I asked him his thoughts about Hawthorne's consistency. Uh, more specifically, I asked him if Hawthorne's consistency – uh, hampers his ability to be one of these big, bright, shiny stars, somebody who gets in the headlines day in and day out. And, and I think there was a, so, a form of agreement between the two of us that you, Hawthorne has this very high floor where you know you're getting 20, 21, you know, mid-20s from him pretty darn consistently. He has raised his floor a bit this season uh, to the now being mid to high 20s rather than so consistently in the low 20s. That said, at the All-Star game, he scored 19 points. He's just, he's a solid player. You know what you're going to get from him. He doesn't have too many of those games where he is wildly off and goes three for 16. In fact, I don't think he's had anything like that this season. His worst game, I think he's still shot in the 40s uh, as regards his field goal percentage. So you kind of know what you're going to get out of Kokomo. Uh, you know that you're going to have clamp down defense. Uh, this game is is in Kokomo, Brad. No, no, this one's it's, this one's in in Toledo. Yes, sir. So they got the home court advantage, um, and I I think this is really when Darrington's killer instinct needs to kick in. Um, anything else you you're looking for in this game? Is this just look? If Darrington's got to put up forty seven and carry the day, or or is Glass City out to prove that they really can win this thing um, against a team like Kokomo? when Darrington might not be firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it's going to be their fourth time playing the Bobcats. All three times they've lost, they're still searching for their first win. And just before I say anything about Kokomo, when you were talking about them being able to win without Darrington, they almost lost to West Virginia last week or two weeks ago. Just because of Jonathan Brown's buzzer beater, they would have lost to the worst team in the TBL. I... I just want to stress that because playing a team like Kokomo, like you said, with how consistent they are and you know what you're going to get from Hawthorne and Fudge Moore and Edward Oliver Hampton, you can't do that in a game like this, especially in high stakes where, you know, the home crowd is on your side. But if the shots aren't falling, you best believe that the home crowd is not going to be on your side for that long. And like we've talked about so many times on this show, they have to win the rebounding battle. I'd love to talk about something different with you, Nick, but until Glassity can out-rebound a stellar rebounding team like Kokomo, Kalamazoo, or Jamestown, I just don't see them being able to comfortably beat the Bobcats. Their average margin of loss against Kokomo, it's about 7.7. and That's That's a, that's a real number. That's a significant number. It is, yeah. I mean, they've, they've beaten any other team in the TVL they've played this year by 8.3 points per game. So it's a wide, wide differentiation between those two numbers. And it just talks volume about how important the rebounding is for these Wranglers. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's about as simple as that. They, they got to hit the glass. Uh, they got to do it a little bit more by committee. But that said, I also think that they just they need that front court to really crash the glass a little bit harder. Uh, you and I spoke last week about this very topic. We've been over this topic a couple of times now. You've really noted, uh, statistically speaking, um, that is their shortcoming. If if there is a glaring weakness in this Wranglers team, it's it's rebounding, and um, particularly if Darrington is going to take a lot of shots. Uh, you need some offensive rebounding. And that's not to say I expect him to miss many. I don't. I, I actually think that um, sometimes a guy like him, as we saw, he had a very uh, sh- brief, short window uh, during which he shot the ball poorly. And I think he just had that window during All-Star break, as you mentioned, uh, when we're prepping for this. If you're going to shoot poorly, shoot poorly during the All-Star game. So I think he's going to come out of that. I think he's going to be great. I expect him to score a lot of points and kind of be himself. You know, I expect him to be able to put that Superman cape on. But if Kokomo's getting offensive rebounds, he's not going to score 100. You know, he can put in as many as he wants. Uh, but if, if you don't have those basics in place, especially a team like Kokomo with the discipline they've got, they, they just create too much of an uphill battle for themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, averaging 9.8 offensive rebounds a game as a team, that's that's unacceptable. That's 42nd in the TBL. That's that's a I, I don't know what else to say to make that seem more worse than it is. It's just not a good number to have at this point in the season. And that can obviously change. Classy has some solid rebounders. Marlon Sierra is averaging nearly seven a game at 6.8. Chance Hawkins at 6.2. Marlon Moore at 5.6, and you kind of get to Carmen and Darrington, Alexander Heath, and it's just like, who's going to step up in the playoffs? That's what I want to know. Who's going to step up against teams like Kokomo, against teams like Sharifport and Albany, and these top teams in the TBL? Because it can't be Darrington. Darrington can't do it all. I mean, if you had a guy like Deshaun Munson, I would say so, right? Leading rebounder on Potawatomi, very similar to Russell Westbrook, as we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Darrington's not like that. It's just his, it's his frame, it's his size, it's his play style. So they're really going to need these guys to step up in the rebounding department, especially offensively. So I'll tell you what. So everyone at home uh, may not know this, but uh, I believe it was after the last time we spoke about this, Brad, and it's becoming a theme on the show when we talk about the Wranglers. That look, there's a rebounding deficiency. It's just it's just numbers. We're just talking numbers here. Uh, we're not making character assessments of anybody. Uh, Coach Zamora DM'd us um, and circled their rebounding numbers uh, for the next game, which, which were a step in the right direction. So, Coach Zamora, we we feel like you do listen to these podcasts. Uh, we thank you for being our one listener. Uh, we're not hating on you. We're not hating on anybody on the team just stating those numbers that we see right in front of us. You know, as far as the eye test is concerned, uh, when we watch these games, Brad, the Wranglers can't hang with anybody. Look, you, you got a great player who sucks up so much attention from the defense the way Darrington does, and you complement him with very, very good offensive players uh, like his his Robin, uh, uh, Anthony Carmen, and a lot of really good shooters around him, guys who can finish at the bucket. This is a solid team. There's just that one area where if they could 
find a way to each one of them, I think, add a rebound or two here. Um, it really makes a big difference because I, I don't want to expect Sierra to go from seven boards a game to, you know, an Ethan Chargois with 13. I, I think that's unreasonable, right? But they, they got to find a way to just win a couple more 50-50 balls. Is, is it about that simple? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. When you watch the film and you watch the games, that's pretty much how it goes. They just, they get out-rebounded. You know, typically it's two Wranglers on one Bobcat or one member of the Jackals, and they're just losing those battles. And sometimes it's just strength on strength. You know, Glassy just doesn't have that with their guys. And, you know, unfortunately, that's just how it is in the TBL. I will say, though, that when you spoke to Darrington, he said he loves playing in those close games. When it comes down to the wire, last shot of the game, you know, seconds on the clock, he loves that mentality. He loves that atmosphere, that cold-blooded killer the ice in his veins. So I, I feel like, you know, if it does come down to a point where it's 109-109 against Kokomo, Darrington with the ball, last possession of the game, I feel like your chances are a lot higher to win that game if you're on Glass City side. Yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, he also mentioned he wouldn't mind a few games being won by 10 points or more. Uh, I believe he called it a relaxing win. Oh, um, not, neither would us. <laughs> I'm not For TBL fans, Wranglers fans certainly would. For for my money, uh, the guy who's posting GIFs, and that's GIFs with a soft J sound, not GIFs, all of you misspeakers out there. When I post the GIFs on Twitter um, and, and make the short little videos on Instagram and stuff like that, Brett, I want the buzzer beater, man. Well, there's, there's nothing exciting for me. Chris Darrington goes out, scores 35 points, and the Wranglers win by 20. No, no, no. I want the action. I want the drama. Um, I'm, I'm with you. If they find a way to keep it close with Kokomo, I really like their chances. Um, I, I don't know if I love um, necessarily if they find themselves in a hole. I think Kokomo is just too disciplined. Uh, so the Wranglers just got to find a way, dig deep, do tons of those little things throughout the game, just just – Keep your team in it um, and, and let Dangler uh, – Dangler. How about that for a nickname, huh? Let <laughs> let, let, let Dangler Darrington. Um, let Darrington go and do his thing um, in, in the closing moments. You think they can do it? I think they can do it. They've shown improvement from the first time they played to the third time they've played. I mean, they lost by six in the first matchup of the season, lost by 10 in the second matchup. Both games they were held to 96 points or less. In the right. third game, they only – they lost by seven – which, you know, granted, that's not great, but they scored 104 points. That's more and, their style. Yeah. Right. I feel like if they can score enough points and get it to a high-scoring game against Kokomo, either Kokomo is going to run out of firepower to score and Glassy is just going to mm -hmm. be able to blow the game open, or it's going to come down to that last shot. And who better to have the ball in their hands with crunch time, with the game on the line, than Chris Darrington? Ain't nobody better in the business of making the last shot and ain't nobody better in the business than breaking down who ought to be taking that last shot. Brad Smith, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you, man. Thanks for coming on again. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Excited. Excited to see how the second half of the TBL season plays out. Excited for the playoffs. We are officially in the second half. Uh, this is when teams make their moves. 
maybe we'll even see some roster adjustments. I don't know. Just saying there's a lot to look out for as we approach these playoffs. A lot to look out for from these Glass City Wranglers who sit at 9-3 and three with a big weekend against Flint and Kokomo coming up. Brad Smith from TBL News once again joining us. I thank you, as always, for doing all the great work that you do, Brad. And I'm going to sign us out of this episode by saying something brand new, shocking, something along the lines of, from the TBL News Desk, signing off. The music will come in, a little jibber-jabber a little bit. So do you think, Brad, Brad, if they go one and one this weekend, are you happy or are you a little disappointed? Do you you think the Glass City needs a sweep this weekend? We would definitely be ideal. If they lose the code, it's disappointing, but if they lose the code.